0: August 14th having arrived, 2023 is now over 61.9% of the way through until 2024. But you are just at the beginning of another edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks to capture as much as possible about what happens in a given year. I'm Sean Tubbs, constantly trying to increase the amount actually covered. In today's edition, Charlottesville has released the latest report on retail vacancies throughout the city. The Great Eastern Management Company seeks a rezoning to add more than 550 homes at North Point. And the Charlottesville Planning Commission declares that public facilities that would be built as part of a 245-unit apartment complex in a floodplain would not be consistent with the city's comprehensive plan. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards offers many events to support their mission of supporting rural and urban forests to help people understand the value of trees. Coming up on August 24th, there's a guided tree walk at Pretty Creek from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. There will be a remarkable array of trees, some of which are not often seen in Albemarle County, such as American wild plum, shingle oak, and butternut. The walk will take approximately two hours, covering about two miles on gently sloping or relatively level woodland trails, much of it along Pretty Creek. The focus will be on tree identification and interesting aspects of the trees that will be seen. Register for the guided tree walk at charlottesvilleareatreestewards.org. The number of vacant storefronts in Charlottesville increased slightly as 23 passed the midway point. The city's Office of Economic Development periodically releases a report of retail vacancy rates in six separate areas of the city. Out of the 449 retail spaces tracked by the city, there were 26 empty commercial spaces on July 1st, or a total vacancy rate of 5.79%. That's up from around 4.68% as recorded in the January 23 report, or five more vacancies this time around. There were 11 vacant storefronts on the downtown mall, up from 8 in January. The section of the report on the mall counts draft tap room as being occupied. Another new opening is the opening of Lone Light Coffee in the space on 4th Street Northeast that had been occupied by the pie chest. Vacancies include the Dewberry Hotel, the former Fellini space at 200 West Market Street, and the former home of Vita Nova. Several restaurants that had been part of the Champion Hospitality Group are now vacant, including Passiflora and Brazier Saison. There were seven vacancies in Seminole Square Shopping Center, up from five six months ago. The report notes that there is a mixed-use redevelopment planned at this location, so several vacant storefronts are not included. One recent closure at Seminole Square was Dogwood Refillery. An opening has been Seoul Korean Barbecue in the former Chili's building. Barracks Road Shopping Center added two more businesses for a total of six vacancies. Both Preston Plaza and McIntyre Plaza had no vacancies for the second report in a row. The corner had no vacancies in January, but there were two recorded in July. In a regular work week, I like to take one day where I just go through recent applications and report what I find to be interesting. In addition to this newsletter, I have a column in Seville Weekly each week, so I'm always on the lookout for stories and there's plenty of stones to unturn. One source is the county's public archive of land use documents. More homes are slated for land within the place's 29 Rio Master Plan area and close to the Rio Road Small Area Plan. GW Real Estate Partners has filed a rezoning to build four multi-family apartment buildings on 7.2 acres of undeveloped land on the west side of Berkmar Drive between Woodburn Road and Woodbrook Drive. The request is to upgrade from R6 to Planned Residential Development to allow for up to 244 dwelling units. Here's something from the applicant's narrative. The project proposes five residential buildings and envisions a mix of three- and four-story split and five-story buildings. Each of the two buildings fronting on Woodburn Road will be five stories. Without the rezoning, a maximum of 43 units could be built on the site. There will be a request for a special exception to modify or waive a step-back requirement. 15% of the units would be rented to households with incomes below 80% of the area median income. The Great Eastern Management Company has filed a plan to amend the previous rezoning that cleared the way for the mixed-use North Point development that is now under construction near the Charlottesville Regional Airport. The company wants to rezone just over half the 269 acres subject to the 2006 rezoning. The 2006 rezoning put a limit on the number of dwelling units at a maximum of 893. The amendment seeks to increase that number to 1,548 by allowing more townhomes and multi apartment buildings. The number of single family homes allowed in the development would remain at 269. Here's a section from their narrative. To address the public need for additional housing in the Albemarle-Charlottesville region, higher-density housing is needed to provide entry-level and workforce housing in all its forms. Higher-density projects, such as the North Point community, allow for protection of environmental resources and lessens the pressure on the rural areas to provide housing. Here's a roundup with information compiled from a review of applications for zoning clearances. The Virginia Department of Transportation is currently taking input on a survey for transportation solutions in a rapidly changing Ivy Road corridor. In addition to UVA's growth in both Albemarle and Charlottesville, a small shopping center on Ivy Road has been undergoing a renaissance since JPA Towers investors bought the property in January of 2020. selvege Brewery will replace snowing in space, according to a zoning clearance approved on August 8th. The Charlottesville Daily Progress had an article on this back in April. Caliber Body Works of Virginia will open a location on the site of the former Halls Body Shop in Northern Albemarle. A zoning clearance application is pending. Stephen Harvey wants to open up an event space at 340 Town Center Lane called Fire Free Coffee Bar. A request for additional information has not been received as of press time, and this Stephen Harvey is the same one running as the Republican candidate in House of Delegates District 55. A company has received a zoning clearance to open a grocery store called Medina Market in Albemarle Square, in the space formerly occupied by Plan 9. A building permit will be required to connect two storefronts into one for the larger space. A new Thai restaurant has opened on Route 20, in the space formerly occupied by River Birch. Maple Pine is the latest tenant in the shops at Riverside Village, built by Stony Point Design Group, per an approved zoning clearance. Johnson Controls is seeking a zoning clearance for their 20-person operation in the River Edge complex off of Route 20 at the base of Pantops. And Southwest Mountain Vineyards has filed for a zoning clearance for Amplified Music at its future location on Route 22 on land owned by Paul Manning at Castalia. listening to charlottesville community engagement and in today's second patreon fueled shout out mark your calendar for the fourth annual rivana river roundup on saturday september 16th volunteers of all ages can participate in a community-wide cleanup across more than a dozen sites in the river watershed clearing litter from our rivers and streams registration for the rivana river roundup will open on august 21st now, do you know of a trail, stream, or other accessible location in the Rivana River watershed that could use a trash cleanup? Let the RCA know by suggesting a site for this year's event. Just answer a couple of questions using a form on their website, and you might see your suggestion become an official Roundup cleanup site. Thank you to the Rivana Conservation Alliance for the patreon fueled shout-out. Does Charlottesville's comprehensive plan sanction the existence of public facilities such as sidewalks and sewer pipes that would be built as part of a development in the floodplain? That was the central question asked at a public hearing before the Charlottesville Planning Commission on August 8th. Here's James Fries, the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services. Uh, our focus tonight is on the review of the identified public features uh, for their consistency with the comprehensive plan. This item on the Planning Commission's agenda is known as a 2020-32 review after the section of Virginia Code that enables this check of what would otherwise be a by-right development under the city's existing zoning code. Here's Carrie Rainey, the city's urban planner.
1: The applicant proposes two new public streets labeled Public Road A and Public Road B in addition to widening our existing Caroline Avenue and Fairway Avenue.
0: The land for the roads, as well as land for public trails to the Rivanna River, would eventually be dedicated to the city as part of the project.
1: The applicant is also proposing the dedication of two new parcels, Lot A and Lot B. Lot A is proposed to include a new public trail, and Lot B is proposed to include a new public trail parking lot in trail connection to the existing Rivanna River Trail.
0: The scope of the review was limited to the comprehensive plan and did not cover whether any of the improvements would meet technical guidelines, including whether the city would eventually issue a permit to build in the floodplain.
1: So generally, as part of the comprehensive plan compliance review, we're not reviewing the details of of design um, of those pieces, a part of which would have to be confirmation that the floodplain permit could be achieved and that the requirements were met per, per that floodplain and floodway section. Um. So there's not a detailed analysis at that time that would happen during the final site plan process.
0: The city has issued four denials of preliminary site plans so far. Civil engineer Justin Schimp represented seven development during the compliance review. He said he listened at the site plan conference last October when neighbors of the property expressed concern they would lose access to the Rivanna River. The fourth submission contained more specific guarantees to the city. It is private property right now. Uh, People have been traversing across it, but there is no easement or any right of the public to do so. This project proposes creating those rights in perpetuity. SHIMP is one of the most prolific civil engineers in this community, with dozens of land use applications in process at any particular moment. He said he's never had one of his projects called up for a 2020-32 review. He said the development would help advance the city's ability to access the river, citing one of the guiding principles of the comprehensive plan adopted in November of 2021. The city will place an emphasis on enhancing networks and safety for walking, riding bicycles and public transportation. This is definitively an improvement for walking and bicycling in this corridor. City Councilor Michael Payne cited other sections of the comprehensive plan, such as the Urban Riveter Corridor Plan, which was added to the larger document in February of 2022. And I just really struggled to see how you could make the argument that this is improving public access to the Rivanna River because <laughs> it's... It's kind of as if there's like this public space that the community loves to come to, and we're going to pave over that, therefore we've increased your access. Shimp reminded council and the planning commission that the land is not public property, and the current landowner could put up fences at any point. Mayor Lloyd Snook said he found nothing in the comprehensive plan that said the city desired apartment buildings in the flood plan but he said he was unsure of the outcomes of a 2020-32 review.
1: This is not a site plan review. This is not a rezoning request. Uh, there, and frankly, it's something that I don't know that council has a particular voice in when it comes to you know, when, when we get to vote on what. I'm not sure.
0: City attorney Jacob Stroman confirmed that council would be able to vote on the commission's recommendation once they have made one. The public hearing featured many speakers who asked the commission to find that the public facilities would not be consistent with the comprehensive plan. Here is David Swanson, John McDonald, and then the Green Grannies. The single dumbest idea I've heard is to build in the Ravana floodplain. You, sir. Adding to the likely future floods. These facilities
1: would ruin the High Street Riverfront as we know it. <laughs> Down by the Down by
0: the We're going to Here's Bob Down Gibson by of Chesapeake the- Street. Multi story apartments are not more attractive than trees. They're not really, quote, improvements, close quote. One former member of city council urged the planning commission to vote that the project would not be in compliance. Here is Kay Slaughter.
1: The comp plan and the city code all require protection of water quality from harms caused by storm water. Yet heavy storms impact this area. And the project would further exacerbate the problem by removing substantial tour trees and vegetation
0: within the floodplain after the public hearing the matter came back to the planning commission commissioner hosea mitchell said he could anticipate something would eventually get built at zero east high street there's a right uh, rule here that, that that's going to be uh, utilized um, but as it relates to this public facilities
1: Uh, offer. I do not believe that it is consistent with chapter six, uh, goal one, which is connectivity, activity uh, where you want streets to connect to one another. And I do not believe it's consistent with uh, chapter seven, strategy uh, 5.8.
0: That strategy reads, work to preserve and enhance wetlands, floodplains, and other features that provide natural resiliency against climate change. Commissioner Philip Duranzio said the trails that would be provided by the current application would be consistent with the comprehensive plan, but he didn't think that the public roadways would be. Commissioner Kareem Habab also agreed that the roads would not be compliant because they don't connect to anything. If you look at our climate action plan and strategy 7.1 in the comp plan that talks to avoiding sensitive environmental resources and natural resiliency features such as floodplains, stream buffers and wetlands and the general goal of increase, increasing our climate resiliency as well as looking at the uh, Rivana River Corridor Plan on retain and steward natural habitats and systems throughout the River Corridor. Um, this, as presented, um, specifically talking about the roads on Lot A and Lot B, and not the trail or the dedication of the lots themselves, are not suitable, sustainable, or resilient, and are detrimental. And go against our comprehensive plan. The vote to communicate to council that the commission did not find that some of the facilities to be in compliance with the comprehensive plan was unanimous. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg was not present for the vote, and there is one vacancy on the commission. these are the concluding thoughts for number 565. Thank you to everybody out there. Now, if you listen to the podcast, this is a time when I don't have a script written because I wrote this mostly on Friday and here it is Monday and I haven't gotten to this point. So if you're the podcast listener, you are hearing me talk completely free and off the cuff. Um, and gosh, I could say all kinds of bad things. I could maybe curse or I could, I could say awful things about a particular person or Or I could just sing, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to end the program because I didn't write it out. And I really need to get the lunch that is waiting for me downstairs here at the retirement complex where I currently am uh, hoping to get out. See you again. And goodbye.